great if I can't. Again, to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I am your announcer, Evan Lionheart of BeatingsByEvan.com from New Jersey, and in just a moment we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman of ConjurmanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California, and this week's special guest. Miss Elvira of Elvira.com from Santa Rosa, California, bringing us the topic of building your dream temple. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening. But if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment. But first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat? Hi. Nice to hear your voice. Hello. How are things going <laughs> in Evan World? Ah, things are good in Evan's world. Uh, just working on some candles and looking forward to Inauguration Day. <laughs> How about you? Oh, yeah. Sure am looking forward to Inauguration Day. That's the darn truth. Um, mm-hmm. Hope we all get through it alive and that it, it yes. works out for people. <laughs> I'm having a little <laughs> trouble signing in here. I was... Um, overextended on my computer with about 20 different uh, programs open. So I just made it into the chat. Um, So I want to give folks a little bit of update on uh, what's been going on here. Um, Thanks to Evan, my little Patreon world is bustling. And also thanks to Conjurman, who helped me by giving me some good advice about what it's like to run a Patreon account, which he does. So just to let everybody know, you can find me at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Catherine Ironwood. And um, for a very small amount of money, $2 um, per week, essentially, $2 per week, you get a new web page per week. These are secret web pages that the rest of the world does not get to see for a whole year. You get behind-the-scenes look at my writing, at what I'm thinking about. Right now, today, this morning, I just about completed, except for the illustrations, a really nice article on the British poet Gerald Massey. And people will say, oh, Kat, why are you writing about the British, 19th century British poet Gerald Massey. Well, the reason is that Gerald Massey had a lot to say about um, hoodoo, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and uh, and it's a it's a fun article. And then, of course, what Gerald Massey wrote is fascinating, interesting, very positive, and um, 
it just is a, a kind of a neat look at uh, one of the first white people to look at hoodoo seriously as being the equal of any other folklore or folk mythology rather than looking down upon it from a racist point of view. Gerald Massey was a um, mm. uh, anti-Aryanist is how he was described after his death. <laughs> I think he even called himself an anti-Aryanist. You know who I'm talking about, right, Countryman? I do, I do. Uh, this is this is so fascinating, being able to see. I mean, when we talk about hoodoo, you don't often think about Gerald Massey. Yeah, I know, man. Really, I know, Gerald really, Massey really, and really hoodoo. Stuff. <laughs> but he was, a, he was a radical leftist in his time, campaigned for uh, universal male suffrage, um, and, of course, eventually for universal suffrage, including female suffrage, but at the time uh, in, in the 1860s, just to even to get universal male suffrage in England was already a struggle. Anyway, um, what a cool guy he was, and a good poet, Shakespearean scholar, uh, and basically the, I guess you could say, the inventor of the African Genesis theory of history, among other things. <laughs> And a huge influence on Dr. Charles S. Finch III, um, one of my great heroes of Morehouse University, who um, has written extensively about um, African genesis of science and technology. So there you go. That's what I was doing today. Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash Catherine Ironwood, you will find... You can sign up. $2, you get one essay. $4, you get four essays. You know, it's cheap. And if you want to sign up for more, you can get the uh, you can get books from me, free books. You can Well, not free. I mean, you get shipments of books if you pay up at a higher level. Or you can have teacups and, and ephemera. I'm putting aside whole stay-flat mailers full of the most incredible stuff for my uh, higher-grade patrons. It's a lot of fun. So that's what I've been doing, and uh, happy to do it. How about you, Contraband? What's gone on your life? Well, I'm I'm definitely signing up for your Patreon. <laughs> that's definitely what's happened. Well, you, this, you, this yeah, really you don't want to wait a year. You don't want to wait a year to find out about what yeah. Gerald Massey had to say. Exactly. About, well, I mean, this about is rabbit exactly feet. Patreon, exactly. Yeah. This is what Patreon's all about, right? Being able to have, find access to information that's just not out there elsewhere. We, we we often talk about the inaccessibility of some of this stuff, right? Like being able to find highest books are kind of hard. Being able to find some of the ephemera. And so this is this is a really cool opportunity and definitely worth it. And you get to be part of the Cat Ironwood Club. <laughs> I'm going to start calling it. It's a, a cool club that you can uh, be a part cute. of and learn a little bit more about about hoodoo. So I'm I'm very much uh, uh, signing up for the Patreon. But other than that, I've been I've been super busy, uh, mostly doing year in advance readings. Everyone's been asking about what 2021 is going to look for them. So lots of questions about love. Am I going to get back together with my ex this year? We pandemic separated us, and I haven't heard from that person in in nine months. Is this the is this the year where we're going to reconnect? Uh, am I going to get the job that I applied for? So lots of that people wanting to know 
what 2021 is, is looking like and really kind of planning in advance the type of magic that they can do, the type of work that they can do. I will mention that this year is a funky year. I think I've named it the year of the Broken Road. Inauguration uh, is actually going to be the kind of start of a series of kind of low simmering tension that will kind of bubble up every once in a while. Uh, and we're going to see some real, real threats. There's a very real threat on the body of, of Biden going forward not just inauguration, but for several several weeks afterwards. So, so there should be some paying attention to that. And a lot of tensions that will kind of continue. This, I mean, this is the year where people are going to try to bro- fix what was broken over the past several years. And some of it will be repaired, and some of it will not. There's going to be a, I have a very strong sense from the reading of the year that we're going to see a labor movement, minimum wage, unions forming, that type of thing really going into, into full effect. And then May is the month that everyone can look forward to. Jupiter is going to move into Pisces, and there's going to be a little moment to go, ah. So I'm, I'm arguing that 2021 <laughs> technically starts in May. So that's something yeah. to look forward to a little bit. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you know what you said about, about union movements? That's kind of interesting, too, because um, – Oh, yeah. That's going to, yeah. And there was that, that you know, this um, bunch of people at Google forming a union. I think we're going to see oh, wow. a little bit more, yeah, that going on. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, well, I look forward to seeing your stuff. Is there any place where people can actually um, uh, read some of your uh, predictive astrology? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you just go to conjuremanconsulting.com, under the blog portion, you can see last year's predictions, which I've included Kat. Kat really knocked it out of the park with some of her predictions last year. Uh, So I've listed all of our predictions for last year, and I'm going to be putting 2021's predictions up this week, detailed, and then I'll keep track of it throughout the year, of what came true, what didn't, what may still yet to come. So you can just go to the website, completely available uh, and check out both the charts and the, and the predictions that are available. Okay. Now, again, I just want to thank you for um, helping me, you know, jump the little hurdles, and they're very small hurdles, to having a Patreon account. And I do want to say I know that you have – you, like Gerald Massey, are a man of many parts. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, that guy actually has even more parts than I do, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, when you talk about universal suffrage and male suffrage, you're just kind of going, "Who is who is this guy?" No, no, no. And his his complete. He he wrote this fabulous book on the Shakespearean sonnets, which is still quoted to this day. I mean, you know, and and he wrote this, you know, like three thousand pages on the African genesis of of human technology, poetry, art, literature, and mythology. Right. Like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, anyway, but yeah. you are also, like Gerald Massey and like me, uh, a person of parts. And I want <laughs> to give a shout out. I know that you, you know, you keep your world a little. Mm-hmm, but there yeah, is I'm a very Patreon. Fond of keeping my world separate. Yeah, there is a, there is a, um, there is another. You, you do have a Patreon account, and if you feel so inclined, you could post it in here. But I don't think it would harm you. 
to be known for the other parts? You know, I, I might post it up on, on my blog. Uh, I haven't been using it this, this month entirely. It's mostly during the summer months of uh, uh, when school is out where I do the majority of its activity. So we'll see. During, maybe when summer comes around and it's a little bit more active, I might share some of the cool stuff that, that's on there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I I intend to become a, one of your patrons, and you can be one of mine. This is the new <laughs> this is the new currency of the literati. Not you know. Have you do you like my Facebook page? But are you a, one of my patrons on Patreon? Yeah. Patreon, <laughs> Substack, OnlyFans. This is the new the new connection we're making. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's working it's working well for me. And I'm and I'm really finding it in it a lot of um, emphasis on um, creating you know new topics to pioneer. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, so this one that I'm working on on Gerald Massey is um, under the heading of um, the Southern Cross, the Yellow Dog, which is uh, an adjunct to my website, uh, Southern Spirits. Oh, very so, cool. Um, so it's part of that. Each one of these websites has its own Patreon current or flow, as it were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, so it's nice to talk about that. Also, just to let people know what's going on in the world of um, of Conjure, the uh, uh, Association of Independent Spiritual Churches had a board meeting today, which I participated in along with a bunch of other board members, and we uh, started firming up plans for the September Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. So it's oh, coming wow. your way. It's coming your way. There will be there will be a September Virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival. So we're just going to let you think on that for a moment. More news to follow. We're also doing a a rebuild of the Crystal Silence League website, which a lot of people don't know. The Crystal Silence League is part of the AISC, along with AIR mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other uh, things, pro bono fund and so forth. And the Crystal Silence League is being rebuilt by uh, Evan's elder brother, <laughs> the, el- the the eldritch dom, um, <laughs> I don't know what to call him. <laughs> um, anyway, um, it, he is working on it, and we're going to be unveiling the new version of the Crystal Silence League website uh, within the next months. It's going to be really a huge improvement, much more user-friendly. Boy, will it be user-friendly compared to what we've had, which was very old-school, mm-hmm. hard-coded uh, nightmare code, but it's going to be much more uh, user-friendly. And so that's all the that's the news from Air. Um, yes, the Eldritch Dom. <laughs> I don't know what else to call him. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, so um, I guess that brings us to the end of our catch-up phase of what's going on, what's new in our world. So let's bring in our fabulous guest of the week, Miss Elvira herself. Hello, Elvira. Welcome, oh, my welcome. gosh. Thank you. Thank you. It's always kind of nice the way you sort of build it up, and then I feel, honestly, I should just 
throw the curtains open and and walk forward, of course, my neighbors would think I'm crazy, so we can't do that. <laughs> so. Well, welcome, welcome again to the yeah. show. How about you. you catch us catch us up what's going on in Elvira Land? In Elvira Land. Um, well, obviously, um, you know, the way we are sequestered, I've changed a lot of my own world as well as, as everyone else, but I still do come and do work with Lucky Mojo, and I still do, you know, the, the readings through the church and either when I'm here or when I'm out of town and work at Milk and Honey. Again, it's only as a reader, but again, it's from home on, you know, on the computer or virtual. The big news, of course, is that I am actively now, really actively pursuing relocation out of California. And so there's uh, a lot of things that I have had to come up against, a lot of my stuff that I have that I need to um, pack up and, you know, make decisions about. But um, Mm -hmm. right now it's, um, I don't know, it feels, I feel I'm in two worlds, you know, which of course shouldn't be too difficult since, you know, as a reader and a psychic and in the magical realm, we are in two worlds, the the present world of here and now physical and that, but this just feels very strange and sometimes awkward. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it it still kind of keeps me going, and I had a really wonderful Christmas, I did go back to my, you know, daughter's, which is where I'm relocating, and spent two weeks looking for things, but also with the family, and that was Mm -hmm. very rejuvenating and uh, kind of reminded me why I'm going through this rather big upheaval. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. uh, that coming back was a little not only sad, but, you know, it's reentry into California, if you've left it, leads you in a really interesting space because you do have to go through certain protocols, and I understand mm-hmm. them totally and completely, but it does kind of wig you out, like, oh, I can't do anything. I am here, and I have to get my test, and, you know, all these things. So mm-hmm. but that, you know, and I guess I'm going through looking at some of my old writings, because I, you know, when, as I say, I go through stuff, I'm looking at my writings, and I'm actually getting um, re- integrated with my writing side. I really feel that will probably be where a lot of my attention goes, especially after I relocate. But um, So there I am. That's pretty much where I'm at. I know that you're doing some writing for Hoodoo Psychics, for the Hoodoo News. Yes, yes. So let's just give a little shout-out to that. If if you all haven't subscribed to the Hoodoo News, which is hoodoo.news, I mean, that's about as easy as it gets, right? www.hoodoo.news. Yes, there we go. Um, It also is available from hoodoopsychics.com, but it really is at Hoodoo News. Um, And so, Elvira, you're working on... um, on articles on uh, the seasonal calendar, the natural seasonal celebratory calendar, right? Yes. I've been um, asked several times throughout the last few years to, you know, participate in that, and I have. Um, Unfortunately, I did say I would do something before the end of the year, and then because of all that was happening, I had to withdraw that. But when he asked me, when uh, Deacon Millett, who, you know, who 
runs this whole process asked, I said, mm-hmm. yes. So that was what I was actually doing along with researching the topic that I chose for the show here. And it's been quite a challenge to, you know, keep one thing separate from the other because I'm like, okay, here's this pile of papers here, and I run to the other side of the dining room table, and I write on the other side, and then I run back. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But yes, I do, and I, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's, uh, it keeps my uh, that part of my brain working, you know. It's like I talk a lot, and as you do, I talk a lot to clients and, and things, and so putting things into a written format is yeah, it's slower in one sense for you know because you, you you write it and then you look at it and you go that doesn't look quite right and you edit it so you're always kind of moving whereas when you speak it you speak it and whatever comes out comes out and you know retracting it mm-hmm. is not exactly the easy thing but well I know that Deacon Millage is working on a collection of the articles from Hoodoo News, and I know that he's going to be using your material in that. He and I just spoke of that recently, and so I'm looking forward to seeing that will be available as a book, which Mm. is going to be kind of cool. And I believe it will be an an e-book. So that'll be kind of neat. And also, uh, Deacon Millet is also working on another ebook for uh, Lucky Mojo Publishing, which will be Lucky Mojo Publishing's first ebook. So, yeah, we we are going to join the world of ebooks currently in progress. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing a lot more of your writing, Elvira. I think that's going to be really great. Well, uh, today's topic we should get to is um, building your dream temple. So, as usual, I want to start off by kind of giving my intro to the topic, and then I'll turn it all over to you, and then we'll all talk. So, what is a dream temple? Well, a dream temple is a couple of things to several people. It's not always the same thing to everyone. One sense of it is it's a like a memory palace, but it is in your dreams. I um, often have called it a dream landscape, but it is the spiritual portion of your dream mm-hmm. landscape. And I need to explain that for a moment because people think of their dream landscape. Most people don't even realize they have a dream landscape. But once they start writing down their dreams, they realize they do have a dream landscape. For instance, my dream lam- landscape has a roller coaster in it. Um, who knew? But I, but I often am on the roller coaster. And the roller coaster isn't necessarily a theme park roller coaster. It's kind of streets and roads in Berkeley that lead to odd places in the Berkeley Hills that you can only reach by the roller coaster. And um, it, it it's part of my dream landscape. There's a place where they put in the new freeway, which they actually did when I was a kid, but it's not what it looks like in reality. It's this whole place which has its own little rules of traffic management and hazard and, and stuff. There's a, a place in my dream landscape that is... Um, the garden that is constantly being worked on, <laughs> but with new flowers all the time. So that's a dream landscape. And in a dream landscape, you know, people think, oh, well, in my dream landscape, I have places where I have, you know, sexual interests or places where I have fears or places where I journey. But there also are spiritual parts of your dream landscape. Mm-hmm. And the dream temple is part of that. 
But the other idea of a dream temple is the idea of creative visualization, dream as a reverie, and the idea that you can go into a reverie and create the temple of your dreams in dream, waking dream space. So both of those meanings have relevance. So let's turn this over to Elvira. Tell us about creating and uh, working with a dream temple. Well, um, first of all, it's, you know, you, you explain that very well, and I, I'm really um, impressed because it kind of gives me uh, a basis of kind of jumping off because when we deal with dreams, we're dealing with, you know, actually active parts. Most people think it's passive, but we, as people who are trying to work with our dreams or have desires to work with our dreams, um, we start doing it in a more active way rather than just, you know, going to sleep and then either we have dreams that we remember or not because we do dream all the time. We just don't remember. But it's also a place to work out things or to bring more energy of spell work to what you've been doing during the waking state. And you receive, you know, communications from other realms. You have a chance to do work with, you know, ancestral allies and ancestral protectors and and mm-hmm. uh, different things. So it, to me, when I look at building a temple, it's usually what I see as um, an active process more than a passive. So it becomes my bridge from day reality to the spiritual reality. So I would probably fall into um, kind of a version of what you're talking about in terms of landscaping, but being more active in that landscaping. Uh, Mm -hmm. And building a temple, you know, again, if you're going to consciously do this, like I am going to go into my temple work now. So you can go to sleep at actual nighttime, and um, before you go to sleep, you start creating the um, receptors to do that by, uh, again, creative visualization would be the the way you talk about it, um, counting down, walking into um, a particular landscape. And whatever your faith or traditions that you're working will be what manifests for you in terms of that. And sometimes it isn't uh, a traditional like a cathedral or a temple. It can be just a, a... uh, a bow of trees together that become that, but you come into this place and you create, you ask for sacred space to be open to you to do this and then allow it. You can build on it, you can create your altar, you can create your space, but then you always ask for the higher energies of protection around you while you're doing this. So if you're planning on working with mm-hmm. You know, incubating a spell, you're going to do this with specific intent and specific mm-hmm. deities or archangels, incantations, petitions. So you have a little bit more um, structure, but then at a certain point, you go to an area, and usually, you know, it's either water or fire, you know, something that is very uh, fluid and allows you to start moving into that total altar space to work in the the dream time aspect where you allow things to come in. Now, obviously, we, you know, you mentioned lucid dreaming and there's astral projection. These are all different parts of that spiritual landscape that you can work with. But a lot of times, 
um, and again, I, I tend to tell or I tend to look at it when people are trying to do certain kinds of uh, spiritual work on the astral plane or on different planes is you have to be more prepared um, and more structured and have a little bit more mm-hmm. under your belt, so to speak, to start doing that because nothing comes without things that can be uh, terrifying or have a menacing aspect and you have to be mm-hmm. more prepared to deal with that because it's just, mm-hmm. just like today we walk out and it's night and we're going to walk down a dark alley and because we need to get mm-hmm. to our cars to park there and some strange person jumps out from there and wants, you know, something from mm-hmm. us that we don't want to give. So, mm-hmm. so that's a nutshell. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of that, things that can go into it. You know, I hmm. I I remember my um spiritual temple beginnings in my dream world was a house that started off as a house I lived in when I was 5, but it really didn't look like that house at all. It didn't look like any house I'd ever lived in, but I began dreaming when I was in my late teens when I had already moved several times since then that we we were repairing this old house. Now the old house is still standing there in Berkeley, it's still just fine. But in the mm-hmm. dream we had to we, whoever we were, had to repair the house. But as we repaired it, we would find areas that were uh, not good uh, and we had to replace them. It was very much architectural. And then we began to build out and it got bigger and more elaborate and uh, I filed all of these in my dream journal under, um, you know, repairing the house, repairing the house. Eventually, the house was all repaired, and I now don't dream of it needing repair as much. It's just there. I'm at that house, whatever. But the house always looks different. It's not always the same. But when I have a dream that takes place at this house, the house that needs repair, whatever. It's, it doesn't have a name. The house that needs repair is a good name for it. Whenever I dream that I'm at that place, people begin to show up. And these are people from my past. They may be people who are uh, deceased. They might be distant friends. And in the past 20 years, and I'm, now remember, I'm, I've been doing this for a long time, they have begun to bring potted plants to plant in the garden. And so the garden of this place has become more and more and more elaborate and taken Mm. on a kind of a festive, you know, air. This Mm -hmm. is, to me, a very good development. So, But I Mm -hmm. know what you also mean about the fear. And you said be prepared for fear moments. Because after years and years of this, all of a sudden... I dreamed that the whole the whole sacred house was falling apart, and oh my God, there were termites, and oh no no, we've now we've got to repair again, and we went through this whole repair phase of several dreams in a row of repairing, which coincided with the beginning of the COVID pandemic. But again, things got on an even keel, and now uh, the last dream I had about it, which was you know a couple of nights ago, all the people brought the potted plants and the, the, the rare and unusual flowers, and it was all going to be worked on again. So that is how it doesn't look like a temple to Mother mm-hmm. Mary. To me, mm-hmm. it, it looks like a house. And the reason I mention this is I want people to understand that their dream temple might look very different than someone else's yes. dream temple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what about what about you, Conjurman? Yeah, I mean, you said something really key there, that the dream temple doesn't always look the way that people expect it to or that they are not all the same. 
Um, I have I have a client, for example, who I do a lot of uh, dream work with um, because she has uh, reoccurring nightmares that all happen at her former school. Every mm-hmm. single nightmare that she's had is always at this school. And that's when we started mm-hmm. to realize that that's her, that her dream. Belt. That's where her mind has built a sort of construct. Her spirit has built this construct that catalogs all her experiences. And the key here to understand is that there's, one, the recognition of a palace or a temple that already exists, and then, two, the intentional building of one. So, for example, my dreamscape is a library with a gorgeous garden in the back. And I go there intentionally in order to sort out problems because it's easy for me to organize. Ah, this is a problem around school. I'm just going to go to the S section of my library and start pulling out books. Oh, this is an issue in regards to work. So I'm going to go to the W section of my library, pull Mm -hmm. out the books that deal with work. And then I look at the books. And this is also how I store a shit ton of memory and information, the sort of encyclopedic information is all part of this sort of uh, dream escape that I've created. And so I, I tell people that you can be intentional in the creation of this space. It's very important in Hoodoo. It's the base for doing a dream walking where you enter into other people's dreams. You first have to find your own scape, your own place, your own palace from which you can then enter someone else's and influence them. This is a slightly different from ghost walking, which is sending your spirit mm-hmm. out, which is similar to what uh, New Agers would call astral projection. Uh, dream walking mm-hmm. is where you traverse your, from your dream into someone else's dream. It's also where you can meet your ancestors. Uh, so I tell people to keep a dream journal. What this will help mm-hmm. you do is first figure out the contours of what your brain has already created. Once you start to develop the dream dictionary, so to speak, the vocabulary, okay, every time I have a, a, a nightmare, uh, every time something bad happens at work, I dream about the ocean, right? So you start to build a sort of language, so to speak. Once you do that, you then want to do what I call intentional dreaming, and you can complement this with herbal teas, with candle work, with ritual work, with prayers. But before you go to bed, you will say to yourself, I am going to dream of blank. You make it very clear. Mm-hmm. I am going to dream of a solution for my job, or I am going to dream about my mom, or I'm going to dream about whatever. You're going to make it very clear. And at first, it won't seem like much is happening, but you repeat it over and over again. Before long, what will happen is that you will start to exert control over your dreams. You will start to intentionally dream about what you want to do. And once you've developed that, that's when you can start to create the uh, dreamscape in a more intentional fashion. You can say, I'm going to visit my dreamscape and I'm going to build a library there. I'm going to dream, I'm going to go to my dreamscape and I'm going or my dream palace and I'm going to build a park there. You're going to say it intentionally. And as you develop that, you'll have more and more control of your dreams so that even if you're not necessarily lucid dreaming, you still exert influence. So for example, I haven't had a nightmare in maybe 15 years, Uh 15 years. Uh That's not to say my life is so perfect that I don't have anything wrong with it. No, not at all. Uh What it means is that when my dreams get just a little bit hairy, I have either an exit plan or I have some power or I'm able to go stop, even though I'm not technically lucid dreaming. I don't 100% know I'm lucid, but I'm able to go, nope, Uh this is going no further. 
So this is what happens when you start to intentionally dream. You have more control over the dream, even if you're not directly lucid dreaming, but it can also lead to lucid dreaming. And then the third component of this, journaling, intentional dreaming, the third is ancestor work. You start to build a relationship with your ancestors, especially for people who may not be clairvoyant or clairaudient and may not hear. You can visit your ancestors in your dreams. You build that altar, you build that relationship, you build that connection, and then you say, tonight, I'm going to visit great-grandpa so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Mm-hmm. They'll meet you in your dream palace. Mm-hmm. If you will it thus, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to jump in one more time here, and then I'm going to go back to Elvira. Um, one of the things that I find really important with um, setting the the mood for dreaming was pointed out here by Shiva, I think it was Shiva, uh, in the uh, chat about the use of amulets and charms and the use of yes. things like psychic vision oil um, that will um, produce um, more potent dream states. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I do have to mention something from my family, which was the making of anise cookies, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes yeah. called anise drops. And I think I've mentioned this before, um, and I certainly mentioned it in the book Hoodoo Food, that when you mm-hmm. make the anise drop cookies, they have to sit out overnight so that the surface of the batter crusts over, and then when they bake, it makes a little hat on the little cookie. Mm-hmm. And what my grandmother said is, uh, you set them all, they've set out on many, 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 you have to borrow everybody's cookie sheets because you don't have enough cookie sheets. And you make tons of these anise cookies, set them all over the house to dry overnight. The whole house smells of anise. And then she said, you'll have a lucky dream that night. And that when mm. anise is known for its influence on dreams. And then they all get baked the next day. And then, of course, everybody who contributed cookie sheets gets a tithe of the cookies as a gift. Mm. Um, Doc mm. Murphy has a name for these, Pizzellis. Yeah, we, we call them anise, anise cookies. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, Doc Murphy, right? They're very common in um, Europe, Austria, and, and um, you know, Austria, Italy, Germany. Anna's cookies. Yeah, being mindful of what you eat is a very important, you know, component of what you'll end up dreaming. Uh, big Mediterranean cultures, yogurt and honey, right? A cup of a, a small bowl of yogurt and honey before bedtime is meant to be very important for soothing sleep, but also gives you puts you in the right psychic sense so that you have. Uh, prophetic dreams, so a little bit of yogurt and honey before you go to bed, both good for for restful sleep, uh, has a sort of medi- uh, medicinal quality to it, uh, but also very good for for psychic work. And I got to give a massive shout out to Psychic Vision Oil. It's my go-to. I know there's a lot of different products, Master Key and whatnot, but for me, Psychic Vision Oil, I, just smelling it is like it puts you almost like in a psychic state. If you open up a bottle of psychic vision before you go to bed, just just sniff that thing. And I'm telling you, the impact on your dreams is immense. All right. Well, Elvira, your turn. Okay. Well, um, some of the dream tools you've actually already kind of touched on, obviously, um, oils and uh, flower essences, things of that nature that have that capacity that are either blends or are, you know, have 
specific herbs. One main herb that is like the one is mugwort. And, of course, that is um, a constituent of a lot of teas that you can use. So, you know, drinking the tea before you go to bed, um, it can be also helpful in terms of that. And baths that you take, a lot of people um, like to take a bath before they go to bed. Uh, You know, just in general, it's, you know, sort of soothing, though you can add that. I love the idea of hold stones, H-O-L-E-D, stones. Um, because what you can do with that is either tie a, you know, a string and, you know, wear it around your neck or you can put it at your bedpost or any of that where you actually use that as a tool, just like we were talking, you know, was mentioned about stones and amulets and, you know, different um, abilities to have certain things that are set as a, like a, a key to open the door to get in to the actual dream time and work with that area. Um, incense, of course, the one thing that must be said, like candles, do not burn all night long while you're asleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, for safety's sake, obviously, and uh, that nature. Some of the herbs, of course, um, that can be very good for uh, the um, psychic abilities is, um, well, you've mentioned uh, uh, well, let's see, we mentioned uh, some others. That gardenia is one. Um, it's good for prophetic dreams. But again, oil, the gardenia oil is very, very hard to find. So, of course, you'll always get blends. I found it mm-hmm. interesting when I did research that I found out, well, other than tea, which obviously because of the herbs that are used to make tea, coffee was mm-hmm. given as a um, way to bring uh, the psychic abilities. And most of us don't drink coffee before we go to bed of the caffeine, but I assume that there is probably another version of why you do it. I kind of, as I've gotten older, I don't tend to do Mm -hmm. coffee late at night um, unless I'm going to be doing stuff all night long. Um, Mm -hmm. But I also think that you can add apple and um, chokeweed as flower essences um, in terms of that. So, you know, different herbs in different forms as teas. You must always be careful of what ones are healthy to do, you you know, in terms of that, and you watch how much of the um, mugwort oil you use. You don't want to overdo because, you know, like we all think one is great, five is better um, of drops of anything, so you need to be careful of that. Um, and definitely bay leaves. I know that that's, again, another um, oracle-based uh herb that people use either as incense or in terms of, you know, different bathing, you know, in the baths, things like that. So mm-hmm. wow. So um, I'm going to go back into the idea of uh, talking about what you're going to dream about. Um, mm-hmm. In other words, setting, setting your agenda, let us say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it really um, a good thing to do to focus your eyes as you as you start to fall asleep focus your eyes a little closer as if you were looking at something a little closer up don't just look at the sparkles in your eyelids but try to focus on what your eyelid sparkles are doing mhm mm-hmm. and then and then start to um describe to yourself what you want to dream about mm-hmm. and um i i find it uh 
very valuable to do that. And I like what what Conjurman said because this is exactly what I do, and we I don't think we've ever consulted about this together. You just repeat it over and over again. You actually repeat the mm-hmm, words. Mm-hmm. Tonight, I'm going to dream of this web page being finished. Or tonight, I'm going to dream of the solution to such and such a problem. Tonight, I'm going to dream of my distant friend, so-and-so. Tonight, I'm going to dream of my deceased ancestor, so-and-so. And you just say that over and over and over again until you fall asleep. And it will definitely increase your chances of going where you say you're going to go, doing what you say you're going to do. I also like to take exploratory dreams and see where they lead me. But again, as Elvira said, sometimes they lead you to places you don't necessarily want to go, frustrating places Mm. or even frightening Mm -hmm. places. And so the next night, it's important to come back and restart your journey toward the better parts of your dream landscape and uh, keep yourself on the path toward uh, safety Keep yourself on the path mm-hmm. toward happiness and fulfillment in your dreams. And also keep yourself on the path toward spiritual unfoldment in your dreams. It's, you know. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I should say that um, the idea of uh, the, what you mentioned, the sort of practical bodily aspect of staring at a particular way to help bring about uh, the dream state is super, super important. These are small things that people don't often realize people think in terms of big rituals and whatnot, but there's certain ways of, for example, even laying down that will help with dreams. So for example, in the middle Eastern tradition, we're told to always lay on your right side or always lay facing the sunrise uh, or Mm -hmm. facing East, right? That that is considered to be uh, spiritually a positive direction. That's good for dreaming. So you're supposed to lay down facing East or you're supposed to turn on your right side. If you don't know where East is, and that is, Uh, better for dream work. Uh, In the tradition of Kimbanda, we have dream work that's generally done, this is an ATR, Afro-Brazilian ATR, dream work is generally done with a sacred shawl or a sacred sort of a sheet that has been soaked in oils and has a certain pontus traced out on it in chalk. Uh, it's been incensed and, then that, uh, incensed and then that's wrapped around you and you're uh, laid down to sleep and you are able to do dream work that way. But you can do that in hoodoo as well, washing your sheets in psychic vision oil, uh, washing your sheets in various uh, herbs or treatments can help with this so that when you lay down, your bed becomes a sacred place. Your bed becomes a powerful object that will help you with that work. Mm-hmm. That's really a good idea. Having um, having some kind of a, um, I guess a sheet is a good way of looking at it, or a pillow. Those are very important mm-hmm. ways to work. Um, and I agree that burning candles a lot of people say oh i want to burn a candle while i sleep i don't think it's a really great idea to have a candle burning yeah. in your while you're um while you're uh sleeping it's you know not just from a standpoint of danger but there's also a lot of, of soot that gets in the air it's not it's not mm-hmm. the greatest mm-hmm. thing in the world okay mm-hmm. yeah if, if i would you, like if to jump really, in here really want to do a candle tea light mm-hmm. yeah yeah I would like to just jump in a little bit here. Uh, one of the things that Contraman Ali just mentioned about sleeping on the right side or facing east, one of the things that Wilhelm Reich um, made a point of saying is how you, how you face your bed. You always face the head 
towards the east because of the way the energy comes up and over. So the mm-hmm. idea of facing the east um, is just as important in terms of what, uh, obviously, in terms of dreaming, uh, but it mm-hmm. is interesting you were talking about that, and I'm going, oh, my God, I've heard that, you know, in when I was working with, you know, my father and, and learning what, you know, this whole technique that he was part of and the traditions and, and knowledge that Wilhelm Reich brought forth. But I mm-hmm. thought, oh, there again, that bringing in of the light, bringing in of that mm-hmm. energy into the dream time, into your body, you know, in a physical form, that too is very important. And also, again, pointing out that um, setting the mood and putting, I know that one of the things, and Miss Cat is very, I've done, you know, <laughs> I've heard this a lot, put a little glass of water by your bed, you know, the idea mm-hmm. of dream catchers and uh, water or particular crystals and set up certain um, aspects within your bedroom as protection and as intent is very important, I believe, in terms of setting the space and preparing yourself in that form as much as what you were talking about in terms of washing um, Mm -hmm. linen or having a special cloth that is, you know, has a certain scent on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Well, um, I should... I just just saying something about um dream catchers that have been mentioned here. <clears throat> my my good friend uh Nicole at redwoodwitchery.com makes custom dream catchers for people. And uh so I just want to give a shout out redwoodwitchery.com. She makes beautiful dream catchers. She makes her own uh designs, but if you have something that you want in a dream catcher, she's one of the few people I know who you can send her all the personally relevant beads or little knickknacks or charms that you want in the dream catcher, and she will make you a dream catcher with all your stuff on it. It's really good stuff. She's a great craftswoman. Yeah, redwoodwitchery.com. Custom dream catchers. Mm, it's very cool, very cool. Dream work uh, is, is, takes a lot of discipline, and something that I think whenever we talk about sort of psychic work, intuition work, there's an element of people just kind of assume that it, it'll come naturally and it happens and then that's it. They, they're sort of shaped by the Hollywood experience of like, you know, <laughs> visions coming upon you, right? Like that type of thing. When in actuality, it takes actual work. It takes time. So right. uh, when, when we talk about, for example, if you're intentionally trying to bring on a dream, I'm going to dream about this, it might not happen the first time you do it. Don't just go, oh, it didn't work. Oh, well, moving on. No, you do it night after night after night, and you, what you, that does is it builds slowly. Same thing with journaling. Don't just journal once and then set it aside. You should be doing it daily. Every time you wake up, try to recall as much as you can. The very act of recalling the dream is important. It builds that connection mm-hmm. so that the dream mm-hmm. is not something that exists in the hidden unconscious, but exists in the conscious mind. And so it is, this is a discipline. This is a, this is, it takes work. It takes time. It'll take several months before you, you know, when I teach students this, sometimes it takes them several months before they actually develop the ability to influence their dream, even marginally, like being mm-hmm. able to appear in a particular place. So keep at it. Be patient with it. Don't, I mean, this is a very flimsy, very subjective, not flimsy, but this is a very ethereal way of working. And so it takes, it takes a really rigorous approach of saying, look, I'm going to keep at this until I'm able to do so. 
Don't give up so easily. Don't suddenly go, oh, it's not working. I can sort of influence it. Let's move on. No, no. Keep at it. Keep your dream journal going. Keep the intentional dream going. Be very focused on it and, and let it kind of happen at its own pace. And you'll find immense, immense rewards from it. So take, take your time with it. Don't, don't get anxious uh, right away. I think you know, people are going to listen to this and they're going to go home tonight and try it. And be like, oh, man, Miss Kat and Miss Alvaro and Ali were just talking shit. It didn't work. Right? Wait, <laughs> give it a few months. Keep at it every single day for a few weeks, and then you'll start seeing those results. Yeah, it, it is true. It does take time. I would say when I began to start work on conscious dreaming, and I consider that slightly different than lucid dreaming, as I think we all yeah, do, yeah. Um, but it took me a couple of years to finally get it mm-hmm. you know it's it's not a something yep. that you can like i mean i'm sure some people are more talented than others but i consider myself pretty highly talented for that since mm-hmm. i have mm-hmm. the moon trine neptune on my natal chart and it was only after about two years that i began to realize what was happening how it worked and mm-hmm. um and then um as the years went on and this narrative in my dream world goes on. It changes slowly, but more slowly than my life changes. And so I'm, you know, I'm always grateful when I uh, come awake out of a dream where I met my friend Bob Birbaum and he's showing me rare Victorian children's books. I mean, you know, it's just great. He's always there to do that for me in my dreams. And these are books that don't exist in the real world. And he's a rare book dealer and it's Mm -hmm. just great, you know, and he's a real person. He's an actual friend of mine. And we laugh about this. I mean, uh, you know, this, this guy, I've been friends with him for 40 years, but for some reason, his only role in my dreams is to show me all the rare books of ch- children's mm. books with graphic illustrations. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's great. You know, he's just, he's always there. And uh, there's another friend of mine, a guy named uh, Don Roach. He's always there to supervise all the donations of garden plants and get them planted. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and it's th- these, you know, but, you know, I haven't seen Don face to face. He lives nearby. Uh, I haven't seen Don face-to-face since we all got locked down with COVID, and yet he shows up mm-hmm. in my dreams at least once a month supervising the planting of the plant, so he's still there. He's part of my world. Yeah. And what's yeah. also interesting is that people who have passed on remain in my dream world, you know, talking to me and whatever. They might be different ages than they were when they died. They might be the same age. They might be any point in their life. They're mm-hmm. sort of fluid. And so... This is why writing it down and recalling it and then beginning to see what is beneficial, how it works for you. Many people conceive of the dream temple as some sort of a beautiful, you know, golden-spired, (laughs) skyscraper-like fabulosity, probably drawn by Carmine Infantino, you know, and just really, really cool, like the backgrounds in the Flash comics. I don't know, you know, whatever, or the Atom, you know. um, But, you know, they don't all look like that. They're not all Art Art Deco, you know, Hugh Ferris temples to glory. Um, Mine, like I said, is just a little white Victorian building. And... Mm -hmm. um, I can tell how well I'm doing based on where my little dream temple is located. If it's next door 
to kind of broken down buildings, then I know I'm not doing so well. If it's in a good mm-hmm. neighborhood, because it moves around, if it's in a good neighborhood of nice Victorian buildings, then it's then I'm doing well. So right. the Dream Temple itself is like a measure of my self, and not only my physical body, my health of my body, but also my spiritual body is mm-hmm. measured and and reflected back to me through the Dream Temple. Right. Yes, also, exactly. It, exactly. It, in the in the sidewalks and gardens around the dream temple that I dream of, um, recurrent uh, entities show up who are not. Uh, well, Elvira, you mentioned archangels. I don't believe right. I have ever dreamt of an archangel, but um, but I have had recurrent entities show up and announce who they are, uh, interact with me. And mm-hmm. uh, teach me things, and those entities are very yes. valued in my dream world. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I actually this is, this did is have. The key. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that this is this is the key. The dream work has a function; it serves a purpose. This is why we're talking about this. It, it's a source of extreme insight and wisdom. You can learn things in the dream world about yourself, about your health, about your mind. It's healing. It's a very important aspect of psychic healing uh, is dream work. It can provide an opportunity for visitation, both of spirits, of ancestors, but of friends. You can visit friends and friends can visit you. It's a place where you can also exert influence. If you want to influence someone, the dream world is a place you can do that. Contact with spirits. Um, and it also is a place where you can work out problems. If there's an issue, the dream world offers you a place and a space where you can work those things out. So there's a, there's a very important function to dreaming. It's not just cool and fun, but it develops your ability as a healer, your ability as a psychic, your ability as a reader. It builds your intuition. It gives you a place of contact. There's a lot of functional aspects to the dream work, and there's a reason why we do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to mention just briefly, when I said archangels, the only reason why I, well, I saw that within the context of some of my um, research, but my personal experience was with Archangel Michael, and that was pretty intense and pretty awesome, and there was a lot going on, but that was that was why I actually, because I know personally I've experienced that. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. So interesting, um uh, you know how things, how people's dream worlds are so different. Papa G says, "What does this mean? I never dream of small homes. It's always massive mansions with endless rooms. I'm walking through. Well, there you go. That's um, that's your world, Papa G. You have a very large world, many mansions. You have many interests in life. You have ambition. It's an exact, um, you know, idea of what what your dream world is like. Mine has." Um, that the, the house that I mentioned actually has an official name in my dream world. It's called the Secret House. Um, I guess Secret being my childhood name for the fact that it only appeared in dreams. But in the dream, it's mm. called the Secret House. And so in my Secret House, there are many rooms as well. But um, But it's interesting to me that it's called the Secret House. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> well, this is this is a fascinating topic. I hope we've given people some ideas about how to do dream work, how to build a dream temple, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, you know, 
stay in touch. And if you have more questions about this topic, you know, ask us. We'll be glad to do another um, meeting of the minds on dream work. All right. So here we go, and let's turn this over to Evan, who's going to bring us our first client. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood, Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Miss Elvira, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our first client. Our client today is Alex calling from area code 916. Alex, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Hi, thank you for giving us a call today. It appears you have indicated that you've not had a reading on the situation with either Ms. Cat, Conjurman, or our guest. Is that correct? Correct. Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much. And I'm going to go ahead and read your uh, brief description. Bear with me. And it looks like Alex, like Alex writes, I'm working on my life's purpose and finding out what I'm supposed to do here on earth. I'm an empath and I just am not sure what I'm supposed to do with it or how to use it in the right way. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Well, um, mm-hmm. let's Let's see what we can get here. What sign of the zodiac are you, Alex? I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn, oh dear. (laughs) All the little Capricorns of the world are calling in. Oh my gosh. Um, Well, this is the right time to ask. About how old are you? Um, I just turned 34. Oh, 34, thank God. Oh, what a relief. (laughs) Okay. Um, No, we've been having a run. You may not know this. We've been having a run of distraught, despairing, and and disheveled Capricorns in our lives because of the big plow through Capricorn that that these negative planets did lately. But you're you're doing good. You're good. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to turn this over to Contraband Ali for the first reading. And then we're going to have Elvira do the second reading, and I'll come back with the root work. Thank yeah, you. thanks, Kat. Um, <clears throat> so first, uh, a couple things. Uh, I do encourage, uh, there's only so much we can do on, on the radio show. At some point, you should, in your in the next few months or whatever, get some form of a life reading. You could choose whatever reading style you're interested in. Tarot can do life reading. Astrology can do life readings. Anything can do life reading. But you want to pick a system, but get something uh, like a life reading that's focused not on a question, but focused on, okay, this is what your life is going to be like. So, for example, in the, in the case of the tarot, they, you, someone can put out the, the, 12, the, the wheel of life and they can read that, whatnot. Just something or astrology 
astrology. They can look at your chart. Or it's something that will help you kind of see what the trajectory of your life is, and that will give you a little bit more insight. The next thing I've, I'm going to say here is a, is a question to you. Have you ever encountered someone uh, who is experiencing trauma or who had serious trauma in their life? Have you ever met someone like that? Absolutely. All the time. Yes. That's everybody I meet. Yes. Yeah, so the reason I ask this is is the very first figure that we get in uh, our geomantic reading, uh, or at least the figure that I'm, I'm examining here, which is the, the, the life's purpose. Uh, when we cast a geomantic chart, we can count up the points and start to subtract to find out what the hidden factor in a, in a chart is. It unveils, it's sometimes known as the the part of the underworld. It's the sort of hidden root of a chart. And that's Rubius. And the Rubius is a cup that's overturned. It's a martial figure, and it is almost always associated with trauma. It is associated heavily, heavily with trauma. So that's all the people that you're experiencing. That's why the reason why I asked this question uh, is that these are the people that are drawn to you because you are an empath. You're the person that's able to turn the cup right side up. The problem is that when Rubius is in a chart, Rubius has a tendency of overflowing. It's Mars expanding. It's fire expanding. And so as a result, that trauma can be very deleterious to you and your health. So you need to be very mindful of the fact that, yeah, these people are being drawn to you because you are an empath. But it also means that because they're in your life, they can cause your life to go funky. And they can cause your experiences to be funky. They can make things really difficult for you. And so a process of filtering needs to happen, a sort of uh, a spiritual system of developing a filter so that if these people show up in your life, they don't, they don't have an impact on it. They don't cause your life to go haywire because their traumas are not dealt with. So that part of the underworld here in geomancy is rubious, and it's an indication that there is some serious traumas around you, there's some serious hurt around you, and these things can be quite dangerous. You want to build some form of filter around that. You want to build some form of protection around that. Uh, being able to kind of develop boundaries is going to be very, very crucial for the work that you're doing here. Now, the, part, the, the figure that represents you is Laetitia, which is a tower that is being built upwards. Um, and this is an indication that the first step for you is going to be uh, insight about yourself, knowledge about self, building yourself out, building up your boundaries, building up your filters, building up your protection, and finding out more about your life. So this confirms what I had mentioned before just in passing, a life reading of some sort. Build a system of, of developing insight into yourself. This can be the, by developing your own reading style, where you regularly read for yourself, where you regularly check cards, or you regularly you know, cast the bones, or whatever. You regularly develop a system right. of, of finding insight for yourself. You could do dream work, or it can be done through uh, a trusted guidance uh, or a trusted counselor working with a reader on a regular basis, you know, like once a year or something along those lines or every few months to check in. Someone who can provide that insight. Knowledge of the self is going to be key for your ability to build forward. Capricorns are all capable of building very solid, strong lives. They are able to find success in their life, no matter what they put their mind to, they're able to do it. It just requires a, a bit of building. It takes a little bit of, they need to be sure-footed. And once they are, they can get, if you've ever seen a goat, they're like on, they're like on vertical mountainside licking up salt. And you're just like, where the F are you even standing? 
You, 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 they almost look you know, like defying gravity, and that's Capricorn's greatest ability. Yeah. Been, you kind of look at them and you marvel. You're like, what the? How did this person do what they did? But that first starts with that sure-footedness, being able to find out what it is you want out of life, being able to find out about yourself. I can tell you that the key to all of this is albus, and albus is the result of the result, and that is the exact opposite of rubies. It is a cup that is open. It's a cup that is standing and receiving wisdom. You have a very strong gift. You're not a normal empath. You're a very strong empath, and this is an indication that you're probably going yeah. to end up in some type of healing work. You're going to end up in some form of helping other people to write their cups. That overturned cup, you're going to sort of reach out and go, oops, right side up. And that's going to help you, but that only comes, that ability to help others, the ability to heal others, you're likely going to become a very skilled healer with some renown tied to it, so you don't be surprised if you end up having a little bit of renown around this. You're going to become a very skilled healer, but that first starts with self-knowledge and the building up of your boundaries, the building up of your barriers, the building up of your skill. Once you're able to do that, once you've got that sure footing, then you're going to be working miracles, my dear. You're going to be working miracles. So your path is that of a healer. I do encourage you to get a uh, life reading at some point, but this is what I see here. I'm going to turn this to Miss Elvira, who's going to do your next reading, and then Miss Kat can hopefully incorporate some of that boundary protection work uh, that, that I see here in the reading. Okay. Well, um, Thank you. basically, I'm basically seeing a lot of, um, at the very beginning, swords. So you're really, you know, the mind is really trying to find the answers. You know, it's, it's, I've got to get the mind attached to something, the page of swords, the ace of swords. These are all, you know, looking for the answer um, and going forward. You come into um, the justice, the lover's card, and the queen of wands, which basically is more about finding the, again, balanced Libra, very balanced point of reference with the mental set, and that allows you with the lover's card, which again is an air sign, Gemini, it's more like, then there's a harmony, like the yin and the yang, and you can sit more firmly to create action, which is, even though the queen of wands is sitting, she is an active energy. Your outcome, of course, to me shows that there is great happiness that you can bring into the world, both for yourself and others, which is the Ten of Cups. Um, again, using you've got again using that pointed laser of your mind to be able to do that, and of course the the world, which is Saturn, which happens to be the ruler of Capricorn. You thus are able to do what we call the dance, but also to be seen. You will be seen as someone who can help others. And your empathic point of reference is personally that emotional energy, that that watery energy that has to have more of the container, which is what Contraman Ali is talking about, which, you know, get a life reading, get something that shows a a bigger situation, but also finding the way to train yourself either through a mentor or through some kind of process that helps you, not necessarily on how to be an empath, but how to work with that energy to bring balance. Wow. Okay. So um, we're fun. getting very That's firm messages here. I Alex. literally was thinking about signing up. I'm yeah, sorry, I couldn't I hear what you just said. for this class. 
my gosh. Oh, for the so correspondence course? There's, oh, perfect. Well, there's, yeah. um, there's a class that I was thinking about signing up for, for like Reiki and... Um, Mm-hmm. Oh, for Reiki, I see. I thought you meant my class. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you could certainly, yeah. uh, you, as a Capricorn, Capricorns do well in any kind of academic um, setting. And you certainly could do well to, um, to uh, utilize your talents by uh, studying whatever methodology, um, you know, fits with your personality. So whether it's Reiki or something else, I think though what um, Ali said really does bear some thinking about if you're going to study Reiki, and I'll explain why I say this. Reiki kind of opens you up to universal energy, and there are some people for whom Reiki requires that they first learn how to dampen down their universal empathy because it, it, it can be a little overwhelming. For some people, just yeah. saying. So learn how to control first before you embark on. Just my opinion, okay? Reiki can really mm-hmm. open you up. You need to develop boundaries first. Is is kind of where where Contraman was going, and um, that's important. Now I'm going to give you some um, root work advice, and this does have to do with the idea of boundaries. So, okay. given the the cards that um, that uh, Miss Elvira drew and the uh, reading from Geomancy that Contraman gave, I'm going to say that I would like you to set up a space for your work. Do you have a space where a room where you do your spiritual work? Do you do it in your bedroom? Do you do it in your living room? Do you have a spare bedroom? Where do you do your spiritual um, work? Well, right now I I just moved I, I moved into a new home and my bedroom is under construction. Um, but I do have like my bathroom, which has these no, huge no, 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 no. You don't want to be don't no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Um, you you've called a hoodoo program, so you're going to get the hoodoo lowdown here. <laughs> do not okay. work in. I mean, you know, you have to be respectful of of the tradition that we teach. And the tradition we teach is do not use the room that you poo in to do spiritual uplift. And we're not it's just not gonna go that way. We'll not work. There are people who say, sure, work anywhere, but we don't work in the bathroom. Now, there are people um in the shower and in the bath who work, but you would not set this is kind of one of those oddities of the way that urban culture developed. Up until indoor plumbing was devised to be the cheapest way possible so that one water uh, line would bring in the water for the kitchen sink and then upstairs the bathroom and shower would all be on one line. Um, Until that happened, people did not do their duty in the same room in which they washed. It's considered really kind of creepy by early rural practitioners of hoodoo who became urban. They're like, I don't get that. Why would we want to do outhouse work in the room where we bathe? Nowadays, people have grown up so inured to it, so used to bathing right where all the shit bacteria are floating in the air that they don't even see the ugliness of it. So I really recommend that if you do bathing work, that you have a shower curtain or a glass shower, you know, um, Divider. Yeah, I'm not kidding here, folks. I'm just going into something here, really, you know. But yeah, 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 I have a glass divider. It it shouldn't 
Right. But if you have that divider, you're not going to be doing your spiritual work sitting in the bathtub. You can do spiritual cleansing. At least that demarcates between the shower right. area and the the pee and poop area. But leaving that aside, right. you're not going to be working in your bathroom. So let's go back to your bedroom. So um, glass is good. I mean, glass is a good divider. It's fine. But you, let's talk about working in your bedroom. Now, there are some cultural pathways in which working magic in your be- bedroom is considered inappropriate. Um, these are mostly what I call sex-shameful uh, religio-mystical magical practices, and they come out of a sex-shameful culture. And that's not to put a, a bad mark against them. They're just There are sex-positive, sex-promoting, and sex-shameful, and so forth, sex-neutral religions. And so they say don't work in your bedroom because you don't want the spirits, the God, the, the ancestors to see you naked or having sex. I don't come from that kind of a culture. Uh, and most hoodoo practitioners never made that distinction, partly because of poverty. So we're going to talk about working in the bedroom. So what I'm trying to do is get you to, uh, Shiva, another debate. Yep, another debate for another time. Um, So what I'm going to get you to do is to set up a spiritual place in your bedroom. So if it's not in your bed, it could be in your bed if you wish it to be. Some people will work on their bed, and that's fine. Some people will work on the floor or the rug or at a table or at an altar in the bedroom. That's fine. Some people only have a um, bureau, a vanity. That's fine, too. But whatever you're going to do, I want you to set aside a specific place to do your magical work and to do your development of your spiritual capacity. So one way to set up protection for such a place is to get bay leaves. These are regular old bay laurel leaves. You can buy them at the grocery. You want to pick only the perfect leaves in the bunch. Um, And you're going to put those out at the four corners. I want you to get a book. Boy, they're ahead of me here. Thank you, honey. They're ahead of me. There's a book called Hoodoo Shrines and Altars by Miss Phoenix. And she describes ways to set up an altar in a very small space. You can set them up on a bookshelf. You can set them up on a vanity. You can set them up temporarily anywhere by sprinkling down a little powder that's a sacred powder of some sort, laying a handkerchief over it. Go. You got an altar. It's. I mean, it can be done so simple. Um so the idea here is you need to first start by setting aside a sacred space. If you want to have protection, I would recommend that you get camphor squares. And these can be had, they come four in a little bundle, camp squares of camphor, and you can put them in the four corners of the room when you are working. One way that people do is to get four little uh, glass uh, dishes with covers on them and you open up, let the camphor scent out, Sent the room. You can cover them up again in between times. Camphor will keep away evil, and um, and that is the way that I would work. I want you to get sort of started with the idea of working in a sacred space. That's the only thing I have for you for starters, because you have a long way to go to get to where you're going. Okay. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is simple work. This is simple work. You can also put rosemary. Um, where the camp with the camphor, and some people will put down little glasses of water with rosemary. Those are all things that will protect you while you learn to practice empathy, while you learn to practice Reiki, while you learn to practice contact with the world of spirit or with people who need your help. 
All right. Thank you very much for the question, Alex, and I hope that you have success. Call us back after you embark upon your practice, and as you uh, get farther mm-hmm. into this, we'd love to help you some more. And now we bring you our fabulous network schedule announcement from the world of electronic doodads. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California. Take it away, Miss Elvira. Okay, so my uh, free spell is a dream pillow, and um, usually it's about 12 inches by 8 inches. Um, It's made of muslin or uh, soft material, and you can substitute a charm bag or mojo bag, depending. It's smaller, but again, if you're not a seamstress or a sewer, um, you can do that. Um, What you would do is you would add certain main herbs, which would give you a more prophetic or uh, psychic ability, which would be mugwort and bay leaves and uh, five-finger grass are the basis of what I'm suggesting. And then you would add any kind of a stone that you might want or a charm, a sigil, or even a petition. But you put that in the center, put the herbs around it, so of course it's not going to be harsh on your on your cheek or next to you. And then um, you would add extra herbs for love. It would be... Um, Rose, um, Damiana, rose petals, uh, peppermint, uh, money would be basil or cinnamon and parsley, and then lodestone. And again, drawing energy in, close it up so it's you know so it so that it's just even if you do a little slip stitch, and then put it so that you can rest it on your cheek, or you can put it under your pillow depending on how you feel you want to work with it. Um, a lot of times I will start with it on my third eye and then eventually, of course, it, I will, it will come off or I will move it to under my pillow. And that's the spell. Wow. Okay, that is, that is a good, great um, dream pillow. Now I've got a question. You mentioned mm-hmm. using Damiana rose petals um, and I think you said peppermint um, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. And um, and then basil, cinnamon, parsley, and lodestone for money. Was that it? Yes. Or did I have that backwards? Okay. Can you combine them? Can you do love and money? Uh, the love of money? Yeah, you can. But if you're doing it for like I am, I want a love relationship. I want more love in my life. I would separate them. If you're doing money, I would tend to do just money or a financial situation that you're working. 
I, I question the idea of putting the two together because then it says the love of money. <laughs> the love of money is the root of all evil. Ain't that the truth? According, okay. According to Christian, according to Christian doctrine, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um, well, that, that is that would that's be funny. Uh, all right. Now I'm going to throw in one other idea. Um, okay. There is one herb that I would have added because I wouldn't have combined them. I just wanted to ask the question on behalf of the theoretical newbie. Um, mm-hmm. I also would have picked one or the other. Um, and but the, there is one herb I would have added that you did not, and that is hops. And I am a great believer mm. in hops for mm-hmm. dream work. And um, and uh, Shiva said I was the devil's advocate. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, but hops is something that I use in dream work a lot and find it very valuable. And that leads me to the other idea, which is that is it okay to use known um psychoactive herbs, for instance, would it be wrong to put a little marijuana in that dream pillow? Well, I don't, I'm not necessarily going to say no, because each individual, it's a person that is, works well with marijuana would be fine. I would never do it because I take (laughs) marijuana, I get paranoid and I'm a, I'm a mess. So it would never be something I would put into some uh, into a psychic pillow or dream pillow, but I think a lot of people have very positive responses to it. So I would be, you know, I would say it's your personal um, relationship with that herb. Yeah. See, for instance, for me, mugwort, which is probably the most famous of the dream herbs, I'm allergic to. Right. I know so, that. I'm you sure. know. So there's, oh, you know, in other words. Don't consider such a list to be um, the word of the great authority figure from on high who says you must do it this way or it's no good. Um, We're talking about, you know, uh, adapting such a thing. Another herb that's sometimes used in dream pillows is lavender. And um, I just don't like the smell of lavender. I couldn't go to sleep if I had to smell lavender. It just wouldn't be for Mm. me. It's okay in baths, but it doesn't say sleep to me. Everyone has their own little thing. You know, everyone has their Mm. own way of working. But this is a solidly crafted hoodoo dream pillow. Do you have any ideas on this, Conjurman? Uh, no, I, I will say that uh, adding, a, a, you know, anointing with a little bit of oil to increase mm-hmm. the scent, if you have a particular scent that you love. I, like, I know you said you didn't like lavender, but I used to have this oil that was uh, lavender and sweet marjoram. Oh, my God. Amazing. It was just soothing. Put me straight to sleep. Um, so, yeah, finding mm-hmm. finding the, the scents that really work with you is key. If, for example, you don't like lavender, please don't put lavender in there and don't use lavender oils. But a little right. bit of, of, of uh, uh, scent works great on the on the pillow. If it's too right. overpowering, like if you don't want it, be like, oh, God, this is, the oil scent is too strong. Now I can't sleep. I actually recommend using diffusers. Diffusers work really, really well before bed. So you, you can do it as a sort of ritual where you have the dream pillow, but before you actually even get to bed, you, you, you put a little bit of oil in the diffuser, make the whole room smell a certain way, making sure you didn't put out the fire, and then you go to bed. So you can do it so that you really prepare yourself mm-hmm. to enter into mm-hmm. a dream world. Uh, oil diffusers work really well and are, in my opinion, a better alternative uh, than candles. You can light a candle and then snuff it out before you actually go to sleep. But 
putting on that diffuser as you get ready, putting on that oil. You could put maybe psychic vision oil for yourself or if it's a particular essential oil you want to use, get dressed, get ready or undress, whichever, you know, whatever floats your boat. Uh, and then, you know, lay down with that dream pillow underneath the, the pillow and or in the mattress and oof, oof, mm-hmm. you're going to have some powerful dreams. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Papa G points out, uh, he says, our daughter grabbed one of the dream pillows we made and didn't tell us, and it caused her to have really bad, painful cramps. We could have warned her, but because of the mugwort is why she had the, the cramps. So, again, always when working with herbs, and um, there are people like um, Oral the Forest who also emphasized this, um, there are herbs that people are allergic to. There are herbs that are not right for them depending on where they are in their life. In other words, certain herbs contraindicated for pregnant women, for children, so forth. So be always be aware. And um, Nagashiba mentioned calamus. I happen to like calamus also. I would sleep with calamus before I would sleep with lavender. <laughs> okay. So there is there is our dream pillow concept, and I appreciate that greatly. And Conjurman added the idea of diffusers. Really a great idea. All righty. Well, um, there's our music. It's on its way. So let's turn this over to Evan for our outro. And then we're after the outro, we're going to come back and all say goodbye in our own little several separate ways. Absolutely. Thank you, Ms. Kat and Conjurman. And thank you, Ms. Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California, for being our guest this week. Please join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be Sister Girl of Sister Girl Conjure in Los Angeles, California, on COVID and the Black community. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Voodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Company in Forestville, California. You can find Ms. Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I am your announcer, Evan Lionheart, joining you from readingsbyevan.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you very much, Evan Lionheart. And our next week's show with Sister Girl on COVID in the Black Community is a kind of a... We just threw this in. I want to thank Papa G for stepping back a week or two while we bring this very important message from Sister Girl. Why is COVID affecting the black community so disproportionately and what can black people do to protect against it and um, and get the help they need? And a very important topic. It will be a little different than some of our magical topics. All right, folks. That's it. We're at the end. Good night. Bye-bye, all. Good night. Good Bye-bye. night. Good night. Bye.